Hi, and welcome to Maztec Infotrellis' All Things Intelligent. Today, I'm joined with Kevin Burley, who is the Director of Technical Sales for our team over in, in EMEA, and we're going to be discussing Data Fabric and the introduction of Data Fabric as part of our platinum partnership with IBM. So, Kevin, thank you for coming today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure, Jeff. So, as you mentioned, I'm the Director of Technical Sales in EMEA. I was actually one of the founding members of the EMEA practice. So Mass Tech Infotrellis has been around for a while, but we started out in March 2020, just before the pandemic hit. So that was interesting times. Um, but we battled through and we've had some good successes. Um, I look after all our sort of technical client interactions uh, and go on the whole journey with them. And I was previously at IBM for 10 years. So I have a long history of data and AI and what has evolved to become this data fabric. Excellent. Uh, so, you know, you've been working with clients, you've been helping them create the right data foundation within their enterprise in order to be able to extract value out of that information. Uh, what are your observations and some of the core challenges that still remain? I think for me, the challenges haven't really changed. So the key word we use is governance. So where's the data? Who's got access? Should they have access? Where's it being stored? Are there any regulations or rules that we should be beholden to? Those challenges have been around since I started in IT, really. <laughs> I think what, what has changed is, is the urgency. And we've seen that during the pandemic. Everyone's tried to sort of do things really quickly to react to what's been going on. And, and to do that, they've had to get the data in order as well. Um, so... Yeah. I was going to say, in the you know the, the 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 whole challenge of data governance has been around since I think data was created. You know, it's like we're we're, we're capturing all this information, we're storing it, and what the hell do we do with it? And who Absolutely. needs to see it? And how do we uh, you know how do we best distribute it across the across the organization so people could look at it? But yeah, I totally agree with where you're going with that. It's a it's still a major factor in this. Yeah, and I'll tell you what hasn't changed. So what we always talk about is the business problem. And the business problem is absolutely key in any sort of engagement that we're having with clients. And even for clients themselves, when they're trying to um, sell internal programs to their stakeholders, if there's no business problem, as you know, um, you're going to have problems. And, and the business problem always distills down to one of three things. Can I drive profits? Can I reduce spend? Or can I stay out of jail? And that's a real key topic when we come to governance. Um, I think if you don't have that interest in the business, you're going to struggle with budgets, you'll lose your sponsorship, you'll lose your focus. And, you know, all these IT programs we see, they're looking at cool stuff and there's lots of people interested. But if the business aren't aligned, it just fails. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, that uh, the whole we went through a, an entire period over here in the United States with Sarbanes-Oxley and it really created a, quite a stir and placed the onus of information and information management uh, squarely on the leadership. So it's a, there's a sense of urgency, but more importantly, I think things have changed for the better over the last uh, five or six years in terms of how people are, are governing their information and, and protecting it so that it's not being breached. So in, in your in your work, what, the data fabric, the data fabric, the concept of it, the notion of it, uh, what's your perspective on that? So let's, let's think about what a data fabric is. And so from my perspective, in a lot of ways, a data fabric is how do we help our clients bridge the gap between the, the mess they're potentially in today, it's usually a mess, and then this ideal of everything being in the cloud. So cloud native is the buzzword. It's modern, it's agile, it's flexible. And, and you know, anyone in tech at the moment, it's the cool place for them to be. 
Um, so that's where we're seeing all the, the, the new hires going. But it's really, really hard. So what we're typically seeing is clients are wanting to go on this digital transformation, transformation journey, strategy. There's loads of different names for it. Um, everything starts out with a really good plan and really good intentions, and people spend a lot of time writing things down and figuring it out. But trying to centralize everything into one place fizzles because BAU gets in the way, uh, there's other priorities pop up. And when we think about a move to cloud and cloud native, it isn't just a cloud, it's multi-cloud because there's AWS and Azure and IBM and Google. Uh, and some data always has to be on-prem. You know, Maybe it's a legacy source, maybe it's data they don't own. So data fabric for me ends up becoming this, if you like, an abstraction layer. So it becomes a single entry point into your data um, landscape and your IT infrastructure, which simplifies access no matter where your data is. So that means now my clever people who are doing AI, they're doing data science, what I call the cool whizzy stuff, whatever they're doing becomes easier because they're not spending all their time looking for stuff. They're spending time um, accessing the right data at the right time, at the right quality, and they can trust it. Um, and they're delivering value from that. And we talked about well, governance. Really, yeah. So, so governance. Well, I was going to, I was going to go back to that. In so much as yeah. that, and that really, really reinforces the idea, that the definitions, and the metadata, and the business glossary, and all of the the other ancillary types of governance tools that are used in an enterprise have to be very well defined. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the time, we see governance as um, the office of no, if you like. So you can't do this because you can't have this data because you shouldn't be able to do this because we've got these rules in place. But really, um, clients need to start thinking about governance as an enabler. How can I have the right governance processes and policies and rules in place? How can I make sure I've got control of my data centrally to make it an enabler to do the cool, busy stuff that we talked about? <laughs> I like I, I like I like your phraseology with that the cool whizzy stuff. I've been trying to put a label on that for years now. I may have to steal <laughs> that from you because uh, it kind of it kind of sums up some of the things that we see happening. It covers a lot. Only in our, not only in our company, but across uh, across business in general. Um, so if if I'm in an enterprise and I've got legacy systems and I've been operating for you know for a, for a decade or so. Um, is this a rip and replace concept with data fabric or how do you see an organization? How do they do that? Can they ease into it? Can they take existing components and, and modify them in order to be able to be, uh, to be more effective and, and create that environment? Yeah, absolutely. So some people think of data fabric as a concept. Some people think of it as an architecture, but what it's definitely not is a product. There are products and tools out there that will you know build you a data fabric. But if we think about this as an architecture, we're looking at a set of boxes that you can potentially plug and play. Let's think about the end users. They don't care how you're accessing this data. All they care is that it's there when they need it and they can trust it. So this is a perhaps, or a, it depends, I guess. So it depends what you're trying to achieve, which comes back to the, you know, the business challenge. If I can define my challenge, my problem, if we can then document a use case or you know a set of use cases that are delivering value regularly in short sprints, then I can start to think about how do I take my existing architecture and how do I start to pick pieces of the data fabric and say, well, you know, let's start with um, accessing our data first, and then let's look at 
how we um, start to govern that data and improve its quality. And then Mm -hmm. how do we start to put that into, you know, maybe a self-service mode so that um, my business teams aren't as reliant on IT, which then frees up resources to do other things. So there's a lot of fringe benefits of this idea of a data fabric. But it really should, but back to your point, I think that that you made that's really valid is that it has to be driven by a use case or something that's going to add value to the organization. And that would really kind of set the priority of which which elements of an existing system would be first modified or they you know, would be Absolutely. first Absolutely. As with all these architectures, I mean, an architecture isn't new. We've had architectures for years. For years. The, the people who try and say, well, let's take this whole thing and do it in one go, they're bound to fail because it's too big, it's too hard. But to say, you know, let's build a use case that tackles the first 20, 30%. And then when we build use case two, hopefully we build on some of the learnings from the first phase. And we start to add new things in. And the more we do that, the more other people in the business see what's going on. And they think, hey, do that to my data. I want some of that. Can I get involved? And it's how, you know, having those short, successful projects is how you start to grow confidence within your organization, but also confidence in this new concept that, that, that we're talking about. And then people will bring you use cases. You don't have to go to look for them. They'll bring them right. to you. And then you start to implement them on the platform. Well, you know, it, it seems to me that the, even even embarking upon this, uh, embarking upon creating that data fabric for an organization will, by default, create, you know, uh, continuous innovation and continuous development organizations within within the enterprise. It seems like it's a natural progression. If they don't have one now, they will have one because it's going to be a multi-cloud environment. Some of it's going to be on-prowed, hybrid. There's going to have to be some, uh, back to governance, there's going to have to be some focal point uh, to, to be able yeah, to Yeah, and, and I think a lot of organizations, if they were to sit down now and start to map out what do they have existing, they're probably partway there. They maybe just haven't empowered or embodied this concept because it's the concept of it all working together and looking towards Maybe end goal is the wrong term because this stuff never ends. You know, it's always evolving. It's always changing. But having a goal in sight to say, what is it we want to achieve and how do we get there? And let's use some of the existing and let's get some new stuff as well. And maybe some of it's driven by people. Maybe some of it's driven by the way that we think as an organization, the process that we have. It's not all about tools. You know, we governance has been around for years. People process technology has been around for years. But it applies to this concept, this architecture of a data fabric as well. I think it's probably more important in the in the in the concept of data fabric than it is has been in the past because uh, uh, without it you, you know you you know you saw you saw data lakes turn into data swamps and you know a data fabric could turn into a data sieve for all practical purposes oh, yeah. you know where yeah. nothing would be would be captured correctly um, as as a partner with IBM how do you see Maztec Infotrellis being able to uh, leverage the tools and some of the inherent skills that we have as an organization uh, to bring this to life for our customers. Well, I mean, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've IBM previously, and I've sort of been looking at the products and the tools and the approaches that IBM have taken for for a number of years now, and we've had a lot of successes in EMEA, um, particularly in the UK, um, looking at projects that they maybe didn't start out with a data fabric tag because it's a fairly new word. Uh, it's a fairly new concept. But if I think about some of the engagements we've had, it's been, you know, how do I govern my data? How do I assess data quality? How do I give people access to data? And you start saying those things and you think, well, actually, if I look at what people describe as a data fabric now, that's the 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 start of it all. 
So, you know, how do we get people to get their data in order so then they can start to drive whatever initiative it might be? Um, so, I mean, we've we've been doing things like um, offering managed services, which is a huge bonus to our clients. So this idea of I don't need to worry about the, the tool or the tools or whatever this thing is that's that's doing the business behind the scenes. All I need to worry about is can I log on to wherever my sort of data portal is and get what I need today? So the managed service is great for that because, you know, it's it's saving people hiring FTEs to cover things. It means they don't have to learn new technologies. Um, and, you know, I guess it puts us on the hook for making sure it goes right. Well, certainly with the service level agreements and such, but then also the, the turnover that is typically experienced whenever... Uh, uh, in an organization when there's new technologies that are being introduced and you've seen this. I think you're referring to people don't like change. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's key. You can't just throw a new system at people. You have to bring them on the right. journey and say, look, let, let's bring you up to speed. Let's educate you. And the most important thing to educate them on is not how do I use this thing? It's what is the impact of the way we do things today? Why is what we're doing today hurting the business and hurting you and, and, you know, maybe stopping your bonuses or stopping you progressing to the next part of your career? I think if people can understand the impact of why we're doing things wrong today, then they're more engaged and they're more likely to want to change to the new way. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. That's a good point. And, it, you know, I think that there's a lot of considerations that have to be made when uh, and when embarking upon this journey to go down the path of a data fabric. Um, one, one area that we haven't touched on has been uh, data privacy. And, you know, obviously there's going to be some challenges in that. Do you have a perspective on how we might be able to manage that? I mean, data privacy comes up every time. Every time I speak to a client, they've got some sort of privacy concerns. So either they've got a regulation, um, particularly GDPR being in the UK, although I know that affects you guys over in the States as well. Um, but this links back to my idea of keep me out of jail. Yeah, so I'm, I'm working with a client at the moment. Um, they've got a regulation at the moment that they meet and they meet well, but it's changing and that's fairly typical. So they have to provide different data, more data, and they don't know where that is. And they have to do this more regularly as well. So they've gone from, I think it's once a year to three or four times a year. So a huge shift in the way they're doing things. Um, and the risk for them is they could lose their license to operate. Oh, sure. So, you know, we talk about business cases, there's your business case. You need to survive. Um, and, and I think particularly when we're looking at clients with personal data, sensitive data, um, you know, which is every sort of individual customer facing organization, you have to make sure you know where your data is, what's happening to it, um, what processes are acting on it, who's touching it, uh, and you've got to treat it with the utmost care. You know, we, some of the states here uh, here in the United States have been adopting laws very similar to GDPR, and in some cases, I think they might even be a bit more stringent. And some companies are self-imposing uh, regulations on how they want to manage a customer's data and sensitive information as well. Uh, you know, and that does make it a challenge because it is, it's kind of a floating horizon. As laws change in different countries and, and as uh, organizations take on different roles and different ways that they're utilizing data, that uh, that's always a... a, a yeah, a, a you've, you've got to move fast. You've got to move yeah. fast. And that's why it's key to... I, I mean, one of the, the key things that Data Fabric does is it gives you this entry point. One entry point, 
to your data to see what's going on. That means if something changes, hopefully the architecture supports you moving quickly. Mm. And the quicker you can move, the quicker you can put things in place to make sure you've covered yourself. Um, but also, we talk about the whizzy things, you're in place to do the whizzy things quicker as well. Um, so you can hopefully start to drive you know, a bit more value from the, the, the data that you've got and serve your clients better as well. So in, I guess when in, in thinking in totality as we move down this path, and we'll probably have a couple more discussions around it, um, what, what organizations or what types of industries do you see that are uh, probably best suited to start this journey? You know, are there some that are more prepared than others? Are there some that by virtue, by, by the nature of what they do, are, are uh, better prepared or better suited for this? Sure. So I've always in my IT career covered all industries because I think governance is, you know, a key tenant of all sure. organizations. But I'd say, you know, the ones who have been on this journey for a while now and who are doing really well are the highly regulated ones. So we think finance. So the banks, the insurers, um, you know, anyone who deals with someone else's money, they've been regulated. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're, they're doing really well on this journey, but there's still improvements to be made. And what we've seen next is the retailers are kind of shortly following suit. And I think a lot of that has been driven by GDPR uh, because retailers are obviously dealing with a lot of individual people data. You know, if you're collecting information on a store card um, or through the website, you have to be um, geared up to deal with that in the appropriate way to meet the regulations. Um, but, I mean, we see all sorts of clients. Um, at the moment, we're working very closely with an educational institution in the UK um, we're working with a standards organization. Um, we, we see a bit of everything, really. A everyone is interested in governance these days. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, well, Kevin, I think that let's, uh, this might be a good point to pause, but uh, I can't wait for the travel restrictions to become fully lifted, and perhaps uh, we can find ourselves in a pub somewhere in the UK and uh, Lift a pint over this and have a yeah, uh, let's do this. more in-depth discussion, yeah, or celebrate or celebrate the success of our clients. And that's a, that would even be better. All right, thank you, thank you, Jim.